Welcome to The Floor's Fantasy and Sci-Fi Lore. We are continuing the story and adventure of the Descent into Advernus. In this episode, we are going to be going into the upper city of Baldur's Gate and visiting the Villa of the Venthumpers. We also have a mini-creature feature on the Tresims, the winged cats that you encounter. So if you are here for the D&D lore, the story behind the Descent into Advernus, or any of those other things, this is the episode for you. Let's dive in. Do you remember the first story that was so spellbinding it drove you to break the rules and stay up all night to keep reading, keep watching, keep playing? So good you forgot your life and lived there? So good the moment it ended you asked yourself, what next? Welcome to the floor. Our goal is to take you back, take you deeper to explore and understand more and relive that childlike wonder. Join us as we dive deep into humanity's greatest stories, no matter how they are told, through books, movies, television, even games. One of us does an in-depth research on the topic. One of us is familiar with the topic. And one of us knows nothing. So the right questions will always be asked and addressed for anyone coming into the topic, regardless of how much you know. Enjoy another world, another adventure, Another spellbinding story. Join us on the floor. Welcome to the floor fantasy and sci-fi lore. We are still in Avernus. This is part five of our series. So if you're just jumping in, you might want to go back and start at part one. Or you could be insanely chaotic like a little demon and just start here. <laughs> so you would know what the that means. Events up until now is that you were uh pressed into service by the Flaming Fist uh, and sent to investigate a series of murders uh, by the Cult of the Dead Three. You met a contact, fought, she died, you speak with Dead to get the information out of her, even though you failed to save her life. Just kind of a jerk move by Aaron, but he does that. <laughs> I got the information. I don't need to be nice. I just learned about cyberpunk. I could just take care of myself. <laughs> that sent you to the bathhouse. Investigating the bathhouse, you found a secret door into an underground dungeon within the sewers. There you fought through multitudes of the dead three. Aaron performed a ritual and raised five undead skeletons to serve him. Yeah, check me out. And you encountered Mortlock, the youngest son of Duke Van Thumper of the Baldur's Gate Patriarchs. He informed you that... His brothers are trying to assassinate him and that the cult of the dead three had turned on him. You helped save him and he told you where you could find his uh, older brother Amrik and he did mention that the Elturel fell into the nine hells. Yeah. It is at that point that you guys went to the low lantern which is where Amrik is. Right. And uh, yeah, you went to go and... Uh, Speak with and or kidnap him. We talked about his bodyguard, a spined devil. And you identified the invisible imps that are kind of crawling around this area like there was at the bathhouse. So that is where we're at in the adventure. All right. You say invisible? Yes, the imps are invisible. But with a perception check, you can see them. Oh. But yeah, imps turn invisible. Yeah, we covered that in the imps episode. Yeah, I knew that. I was there. 
<laughs> they also they do a lot of things. They do a lot of things. They do, and, and there are different kinds that do different things. What this is not about imps going to a burn. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, so you see Amrick there. You see that he does have a bodyguard. So, uh, he, so what he is doing here is he is offering loans to the uh, gamblers. Uh, you know, if they lose their money, they can come to him, try and get it back, and then try and win some. So he's just uh, he's just a loan shark, right, sitting in the corner of this tavern slash casino. He charges uh, 25% on any loans that are due in a 10-day. And uh, so if you want, you could try and get a loan from him. You could try and just kidnap him, right, here and now. What kind of rates Ooh. does he do on loans? 25%. So 25%. You can get up to 200 gold from him. Can we loan. kill him right after we take the 200 gold? You'd have to fight his bodyguard, too. Okay, well, so, Eli's shut up. I, I have five skeletons. <laughs> I have five skeletons. <laughs> well, if you want to take the five skeletons and, and just try to brood it out, um, but... I mean, you know, it's, a, just, it's more a democracy. But the story's <laughs> got to continue, so you got to confront Amrick. <laughs> All right. About what's going on. Eli, okay. you lead. You just know what I'm okay with doing. Let's go talk to him. Okay. Emmerich is useless, right? Uh, <laughs> no matter what you say, what? he gives no Who? useful information about his family and just keeps trying to push a loan on you. Uh, he, won't, really? he doesn't even... He, he Anytime you talk about El Terrell, he mentions as though it is still there. But we know it's already gone too. Avernus. Right, and that's even if you bring up learned. Mortlock, he just says Mortlock's a liar, and that's it. So, okay, so I want the two hundred gold. So you you could kill him, you could kidnap him, and try and ransom him. We can just beat him up and leave him on the floor. Your choices. So first, I want my five <laughs> skeletons to step up to the bodyguard and circle him, and circle him, and then I want to take the loan. And then I want to take the loan. I would say that's super <laughs> fishing. <laughs> But uh, the story's going to continue, so you do this. <laughs> and then, and uh, <laughs> looking at the skeletons and then at you, he's like, how's 10 gold? Keep it easy. <laughs> I get up to 200. He's decided not cool with the skeletons standing around his bodyguard. <laughs> this is more just money for you to go away rather than alone at this point. Why would he want? I mean, it seems like he's got no information yeah, for us. Yeah, but he's us. got 200 gold. Yeah, we got 10. That's <laughs> we fine. We got 10. That's fine. You could lose some of your skeletons to the spine this, devil. This spine devil? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You could totally lose some skeletons to that guy. All right. We'll, uh, we'll walk out away. Walk out. All right. Take your, take your money and you leave. As you go to leave, a cloak figure approaches. Um, armor clanking with each step, clearing some heavy plate mail. Um, one gloved hand rests on the hilt of a longsword. The other pulls back a towel to reveal the face of a teenager with brown skin, red hair, and a haunting gaze. She Good. saw the interrogation of Emmerich and asks to have a turn when the party is done. And she introduces Ooh. herself as Rhea Mantelmorn, a Hellrider paladin. Yes. Well, we'll probably stick around for <laughs> that. Stick then. around for that. Then. So. My skeletons start flexing menacingly. 
think that many Canadians. They can't fly. Right. I know, no but muscles. it's still menacingly skeletons. <laughs> <that> you <laughs> see it. <laughs> Rhea's interrogation is that she is searching for Thavius Creek. This is the high overseer of El Terrell. So uh, going back into the lore here. So El Terrell, when it changed over to a theocracy after the companion sun miracle occurred, that he's been like the head of the whole city. And so that was Thaddeus Creek, so the equivalent of the mayor or the high duke of Baldur's Gate, something like that. So, Gotcha. So it's rumored that he escaped to Baldur's Gate, and she knows that uh, Krieg has connections with the Van Thumpers. And uh, as uh, she is unable to get anything out of uh, Amrick either, she wants to go to their villa. And if that is uh, where the party is going, she recommends they go together. Big. Well, let's join her. Well, I think she more joins you, right? Oh, So right. now your group of four has one NPC in tow, the paladin Rhea Mantlemore. All right. So the villa of the Van Thumpers is in the upper city, which means that you will have to cross through one of the major gates that enters that. So this is higher up. It's in the middle. And each of these gates is guarded by 20 members of the Watch. These are not the Flaming Fist. Now, to enter the upper city, you need one of two things. Uh, you either need an invitation from one of the wealthy families that live there, usually the patriarchs, or you need to have business there. So the, one of the major markets of Baldur's Gate takes place in uh, the upper city, but that is during the day, and this is at night. As we know, you went to the bathhouse at night. So we'd have to come up with some reason to buy or sell goods. Well, the the market's closed, so now you need a reason to go there, and it will cost you five copper per head to get into the upper city. And like I said, you need a valid reason. So I guess you just roll a persuasion check and then tell me what you guys come up with. How, what are you going to tell the watch you need there in the middle of the night? I rolled a two. I just want to start <laughs> yelling incoherently at him. That'd probably be the way to go. I join him on a three. <laughs> I join him on a three. <laughs> you guys, you guys are useless. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna ask Rayo Mantlemorn if she can be assistant. <laughs> she can help out with this. All right. So uh, Raya decides to tell them that she has a message from the High Council of El Terrell for the Van Thumpers in relation to Thavius Creek, and she. Does not fail her persuasion check. Guys, we've got to push the story forward. They will still charge you the five <laughs> copper per head, but they will let you go through uh, as you have business with the Van Thumper family. All right. <laughs> Useless. <laughs> All right. So, uh, oh, the other thing you can do is you can attempt to use your Flaming Fist badges, but the watch has zero respect for the Flaming Fist. Oh, of course. Yeah. I can imagine that we tried to do that too. That's All right. what the two So we've was. talked about the watch uh, a few times. I have a full lore point here. So like I said, these are borderline private guard of the wealthy citizens, except they, they guard the entire upper city, not any specific family. One of the points of pride of being a member of the watch is they know and recognize every family member of the patriarchs. So like if you had brought mm. Amrit with you, they would have known who he was immediately. I told you we could have killed him and brought his head. Yeah, I told you we could have killed him and brought his head. I'm not sure that would have convinced them. 
put in a trench coat. They don't see the rest. That would have, that would have not helped your <laughs> persuasion role. So because they know all the patriarchs and stuff, they, they're able to track visitors. So if you get in without having you know bought one of the little day badges that you have to pay for, they immediately know you don't belong there and they will get you out okay. of the upper city, right? Because they know everybody who lives up there. Uh, and like they're very courteous and polite in dealing with the patriarch families. And if you show up without a badge, they are not. And they would just drag you out into the lower city because you don't belong there and cl- clearly here for trouble. Just usually what you're up to when you're in an adventure party. <laughs> I saw a great meme once. Uh, is this? Uh, so it's, it's this tavern, but it's only the NPCs are in there. And then somebody comes running in, like, terrified. He's like, the adventurers are on their way back. And everybody's like, oh, no, it's terrible. It's and, then, and, and one of the, the newer people, he says, aren't they supposed to be the heroes? And the, 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 the barkeeper's like, kind of. And then it goes over all the crazy stuff they have done in town. Which is like... They're supposed to be. I, I wouldn't call them heroes. They're adventurers. <laughs> Murder hobos. Well, no, and then like when they show up, all of them are like, "I roll to the <laughs> and they're just different people. <laughs> roll to the death. It's like, it's yeah. like, uh, yeah. So the Van Thumper. Th- so you you head up through the uh, into the upper city into the Van Thumper Manor. The Van Thumper Villa is a stately stone edifice with a detached stable house. Both buildings have sloped rooftops covered with red clay tiles. A 12-foot-high stone wall encloses the villa. Lanterns hang along the wall's interior are lit at dusk and extinguished at dawn to illuminate the yard and the villa at night. The wall features three wooden gates, the main entrance and the coach gate to the south and a postern gate to the north. You can see that beyond the watch patrolling the upper city, the patriarch family employ their own private guards as well. Uh, there are three of them that pace the grounds. Like, you can always see three in front of the villa. It's clearly that there's a couple on rotation, so at least six, but you don't know how many for sure are in rotation around the villa as you approach. And uh, as the watch and the personal guard have zero respect for the flaming fist, presenting your badges will do nothing. If you have Amrik or Mortlock with you, then you can just approach the front gate, assuming Amrik doesn't try anything. So you do have Mortlock, Okay. So we're able to walk up to the gate with him and he'll... If you want. Or you could attempt to just sneak past the guards. As uh, Mortlock does say, his brothers tried to kill him. Oh. And his mother has no love for him either. So it's very possible that they will... You may get in the front door, but that's about as far as you're going. Right? Yeah. So, uh, so which, which gives a reason to maybe try and sneak in. You know? All right. Let's try to sneak our way in. So, Or you can just fight. Be like, you know... Fight these guards and hope the watch don't join. Nah, me and these five skeletons try to be sneaky. <laughs> you got like an army with you. You had your core four, you picked up Mortlock, Ray Mantelmorn, and five skeletons. What are you, nine now? No, no, you're 10, 11, 11. Yeah. You're a little. All right, let's. Should I roll for everyone or was. And it's sneaking. I'm going to call this a fail. This many people. Wait, no, I rolled an 18. <laughs> There's no sneaking. <laughs> yeah, I rolled an 18. I roll with disadvantage here. 11 more times. Ah, it's a 14. The skeletons are not sneaky. <laughs> All right, well, they can fight. We'll sneak in. 
So that I will let you do that. The five <laughs> skeletons could just fight like just some random undead wandered in, <laughs> and, and, you, and the rest of the party sneaks in. So all right, sounds like a plan. Aaron's lost his little troop, but you get into the building. <laughs> created a good little diversion. Dang, I should have brought at least one. There. All right. So I will point out just this is something I wanted to mention. Uh, so. Like I said, you can only ever see three uh, guards in front. There are actually a total of nine. And this is something the DM knows before you ever show up at the gate. So if you actually end up fighting these guys, it can feel like these other guards are just coming out of nowhere because you can never see more than three. But right. usually this is completely planned out. It's just you don't know this stuff unless you like case a place for like an hour or two, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Are we supposed to take a break? Oh, yes. Let's take a break. Okay, so we have been mentioning at the end of our episodes recently about the treasure room, how, as Aaron likes to describe it, in the floor we go deep into things, but in the treasure room we kind of go wide. And we wanted to give people who have never been in the treasure room uh, a little bit of a sample. So going forward, we'll probably be uh, putting in little bits and pieces here. So here is a small clip uh, from the treasure room. We hope you enjoy it and are interested in uh, learning more in there. Welcome to the treasure room. This is after episode five in our descent into Avernus series where we broke into the Van Thumper Villa and met the Tresim Cat. So... In it, we mentioned that as a pack, they hunt manticores. So that is the treasure question. How does the Tresim hunt the manticore? Okay, so there's more than one, but not like a thousand. Well, with, with flight, you can get more creatures around a creature, right? And if it's flying as well... You get surrounded even more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you could get, is it almost 30 of these creatures around a manticore in flight? That's that's some real action economy right there. You, you thir- thirty attacks to one. I, I don't know if you've ever been a fight, yeah. but if you've got to take thirty hits before you can do the one, that's that's pretty rough. It also has a perception plus five and a stealth plus four. And a manticore, it's got sixty-eight hit points. Now, if you're fighting that along a few other creatures, that's that's a decently tough monster. But if you're just fighting that solo. And you've got, you know, 10, 15 Tressim, you can take it down, right? <laughs> yeah. Tressim does good damage, it looks like. I'm actually, I pulled up the uh, stat block. I'm looking at the stat, stat block, block, too. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, they have five health, but it looks like they can move pretty quick. Yeah. They got really good senses, keen smell, poison sense. But, so they're kind of like the mongoose. But their, their attack is really just a scratch, literally, one point of damage. What slashing damage? Oh, yeah. This might actually take a thousand. <laughs> this might <laughs> actually take a thousand. <laughs> no. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We know you enjoy it or you wouldn't still be here. We also have our treasure room episodes, which if you know anything about our episodes here, we go deep. In those episodes, we go wide. Uh, we discuss which superhero powers are best. Eli 
needs to listen to more superhero stuff because his ideas are dumb. Uh, come join us. We're going to be releasing all of that content free of charge through the end of this year. Uh, as a Christmas bonus to all our listeners, we appreciate you and we wanted to do something nice for you. So go check it out. And please, when you do, what we would appreciate more than anything is write to us. Let us know what you think so we can keep improving this. This is only as good as it can be based off of our listeners and your feedback to us. Thank you so much and Merry Christmas. All right, we are back. The party has just approached the front door. I guess Mortlock can just open and go in, or you can knock. Wait for the butler. Your choice. Let's just walk in with Mortlock. All right, you got Mortlock. You walk in to the main entrance. So, the, the first room. So, apart from just like the very entrance of the door, the first room has two exits. A plaster shelf lined with ornate vases, circles, the room at a height of nine feet spread across the flagstone floor is a 10-foot-wide, 15-foot-long rug of exquisite design depicting a royal coronation. Two tapestries hanging on the walls depict a dragon flying over a ship and pilgrims mm -hmm. on camels, respectively. And as soon as you step in, four imps attack you, emerging from invisibility, mm -hmm. getting a surprise attack round on you. All right. Fight off the imps. I guess. Give me the get. Uh, give me a roll. Let's see if someone dies. If you if you roll a one, a member of the party is gonna die. All right. Eighteen. Okay. You survive the fight. <laughs> so Mortlock informs you that he told you his family was trying to kill you. He told you. And these imps are proof. And these imps are proof because they attack him along with you guys. So they do serve his brother, his his oldest brother, and he is definitely believes that that is the one trying to kill him. So now, they, now that you slaughtered the imps, you can loot the room. The vases are fairly expensive. If you've got somewhere to put this fancy rug, you can stash it there. Uh, it's worth a lot, but it's also cumbersome, and I don't think you guys have a bag of holding. Otherwise, it'd be easy if to take that. If only we had five skeletons to carry it. Yeah, yeah. If <laughs> only you had five skeletons. Yeah carry around all this loot. <laughs> all right. Loot the room. Got a bunch of new goodies that we'll sell next time we have the opportunity. So as you move through the uh, bottom floor of the house covered in imp blood, uh, there's the servants' quarters that are empty because they're still up doing their various tasks around the house. And then you find the kitchen where the cook immediately informs Mortlock that dinner is not ready and he needs to get out of the kitchen. And there is also a Tressum cat at her feet named Slobberchops. So Tressum is our next lore point. Yeah, what's a Tressum cat? Tressum. I call it a Tressum cat. It's just called a Tressum. They look like cats, but they Ooh. have feathered wings. Ooh. So if you played Baldur's Gate 3 as Gale, he has a Tressum familiar that will Ooh. come and visit him in the camp and hang out there. Okay, little magical creature. Yes, so they uh, they have an intelligence of eleven. That's higher than the than an average human, and higher than a lot of character melee builds will have. So True. they they can speak, you know, several languages. You know, they usually will speak common. In when they were first discovered, they have their own language called Tresim speak, 
they were thought not to be intelligence because they, they were just making sounds that people didn't understand and they assumed that they were right. just cat sounds. Mm-hmm. And it was only once they had learned to speak common in the other languages that they realized that these creatures are very intelligent. Mm-hmm. So this is like, I wish I could talk to my cat. Well, here's a tressum. <laughs> here's a tressum. <laughs> So, in all of Abir Torel, that's the planet, they're only found in Faerun, and they're most common in Cormir, and particularly the village of Evening Star. So, if you have played much in the Forgotten Realms, Evening Star is a very famous village where a lot of adventurers start and go. Good wizards often keep them as familiars. I will point out that this is not a 5e depiction. Um, So, in earlier versions of D&D, there was a spell called Find Familiar, but like you would get a familiar, just one. And if it died, it was gone. So you had to oh. take care of it and protect it. You know, and even some at, at some point people would even go on an adventure to acquire a familiar. Uh, mm-hmm. whereas in five E it's just kind of a summon and you can kind of change it each time you summon it into various forms. And the Tresim is not on that list of possible the types that you can summon it as. Mm-hmm. So this is, uh, you know, a, a, a variation between, you know, 3.5 rolling into 5e and how they have changed familiars. And, like, even in uh, the book for uh, Descent into Avernus, it talks about, you know, someone having a familiar as, as a specific creature that they're keeping there. So, like I said, that's kind of, there's it's still kind of like people are still, you know, working kind of with the old rules, kind of with the new rules on how this works in Faerun. So... You would have to kind of homebrew it if you wanted to dress them. Either you'd have a little mini adventure to acquire one, or just the, the DM would let you summon that along with the other list of familiar so you can summon. Gotcha. So their wings are actually like those of a bat, kind of segmented with uh, long, hollow finger bones, but they are covered in feathers. But if you were to pluck the feathers out, it would look kind of like a bat wing. Okay. Um, they possess uh, both the traits of cats and owls. Uh, so they have like the hearing and the sight. Uh, they can see invisible creatures. They can smell poisons. Ew. And that's one of the reasons why royals, nobles, politicians, and very well-trained merchants keep them around is for these traits, right? It's hard to sneak up on somebody when your cat can see them, you know. Wait, so it's a mixture of a cat and an owl? So that seems to what it's like. So some of their ears even have like tufts on them, like little owls. Um, and then they're, 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 the feathers on their wings are very owl-like. So so it's like a cowl. A cowl. It's like, yes. don't, don't go out alone at night. It's dangerous. Don't forget your cowl. So they're also immune to all poisons. So in the upper city, it's definitely not uncommon to see a tressum moving about because they're very valuable. Could also seem useful for all these imps hanging around. Imps <laughs> hanging around, Yes. They got cool claws. Their their wings can't carry a lot of weight. Like they couldn't carry a halfling in flight, but they are strong enough that they could maybe slow the fall of a halfling. So if a halfling wizard has a tressum familiar, uh, and sometimes even packs of tressums will hunt manticores. Oh wow! Do they do well? Uh, they they win, right? You get a big enough pack of tressums, they'll take down a manticore. Okay, so like that. I'm going to need a little bit more specifics than a big enough pack. Is it like a thousand? Or is it like- <laughs> That's too big, right? Like it's like at some point, right? Like it's say you've got to take you rest somebody, right? You send eight people, 
right? You can surround somebody effectively, take them down. You send a thousand people, most of them are just hanging around outside, you know? Yeah. Shoot some breezes. I was just thinking about it's Lucas. Just it's too just many ransacking. people. <laughs> More of an yeah. intimidation so many... factor. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine, though, just like, ah, oh, what'd you do? Oh, I robbed some banks. Oh, they're going to send a thousand people after you turn around on top of the hill, the other <laughs> hill, thousand people. A thousand people. Scary. So, all right. So, because uh, they're, they're popular as these familiars, uh, the people of Evening Star have really started to try and push back against all the wizards coming in, tra- or people coming to trap them to sell them to wizards. So they do not like people coming and hunting their cats all the time. Yeah. That is where we will leave it. You are in the kitchen. The cook is telling you to leave, and uh, you have seen the Tressim for the first time, apparently. Yes. Basically a creature feature. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we will continue the adventure next time. All right. Treasure room question. Oh, yeah. How does the Dressim hunt the manticore? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right, we'll discuss that in the treasure room. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We have mentioned in the past that if you go to the Patreon page, we have collections of all the different worlds and pieces of lore we have covered. For example, if you want everything we have ever done about Baldur's Gate, from the invention of D&D to Baldur's Gate 1, Baldur's Gate 2, Dark Alliance, all of that, you can find individual collections for all of those, or just one big collection containing all of Baldur's Gate or all of D&D. So everything we have covered, everything we have covered, Eberron, Marvel, DC, Alien Zooniverse, Cyberpunk, Dune, and more. We have collections for each of those worlds. And I do want to mention that on the Patreon, the only thing behind the subscription is the Treasure Room content. Anything that has been released in the podcast for free is still free there. It is just a better organization of the information that the podcast app doesn't let us do. They are just a big list and you just got to type in your search words. On the Patreon, there are tags for everything. You got fantasy, D&D, creature features, Baldur's Gate 1, Baldur's Gate 2, Dark Alliance, all of that. Just an individual tag for those episodes. And as I said, we do have collections just to make this as easy as possible to find what you're looking for. We have learned in the past that a lot of people who listen to the floor, they're interested in one or two of the worlds. And they may check out one or two of the episodes when we switch worlds. But they're really just mostly interested in that. So we just want to like consolidate everything you're looking for to make it just as easy as possible to access. So... Check that out just to make your life easier. And uh, we are working at making sure you can download any of the free episodes there. So even if you're going to lose Wi-Fi or connection, you can get the episodes you want before that happens. Or just not burn your data while you're traveling to and from work or whatever else is you do while you listen. And uh, thank you. I hope you continue to enjoy the show.